The Rojan Kimcast is brought to you by the right wing. If you're going to pick a wing, and there's only two, you might as well pick the right one. Because the other one is the one that's left behind. The other one is the wrong one. So don't pick the wrong wing, pick the right wing. That's where all head. That's where we're all headed. Can I take that again, John? Let me do that. Okay. Uh, do that one more time. All right. Here we go. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Thank you. The Rojan Kimcast is brought to you by the right wing. If you're going to pick a wing, why not pick the right wing? There's only two. The one that you didn't pick is the one that's left behind. So don't pick the left wing, pick the right wing. Hmm. I went a little off script there. Is that okay? You know what? That, that's it. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to do this. You know what? This is the worst recording session I've ever worked in. I'm out of here. I'm out. All right. Hi. Hello. Um, welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. Obviously. Duh. Who else would it be? John Kim? Why would John Kim be on the Rojan Kim cast? Would he be my guest host? Would I really try to only keep guest hosts with the last name Kim? No relation, of course. I mean, you know. I could get Kim Jong-un to come on, and that would still fit the theme of the show. Not yet established. Not committing to this whole thing of only Kim's can Kim cast, though it seems to be that would be the best, or at least linguistically the best course of action. Certainly enough Kim's. Certainly enough Kim's to go around. Uh, Kim cast is here. I'm your host. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, hey. Hey. How's it going? You've been hearing the news. You've been listening and watching, and uh, you know the whole big thing about the Brexit. Brexit has been a big Brexit of champions, right? And now, of course, following the Brexit, regret. That's what they call it. The regret. <laughs> the regret. I feel like uh, is journalism just not trying anymore. They just want to make puns. I guess. I mean, that's fine. I love puns. I love Bob's Burgers. You know, but I would like my journalism to be at a higher level than the sandwich board in Bob's Burgers, where you get the burger special of the day, right? <sighs> like you could have a Brexit burger, It'd be like the breakfast burger. That long side was actually me trying to think up of a burger and utterly failing. I did not Brexit burger. That's me. That. I apologize. I can't give you back the time that you wasted listening to me attempt to make you laugh or make me laugh. I didn't even do that. And I can't. The only thing I can tell you to do is fast forward the podcast however much time you lost. And that way you could gain some time possibly. I'm willing to do that. So go ahead. If you want to do that, I'll probably be talking about asteroids or fucking weird shit. So I hope you can follow along. Thanks for listening. So the Brexit. Uh, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, um, so there's a referendum in Britain about whether or not they should stay in the EU. And most people are like, ah, oh, dude, there's no way. they're gonna The bookie odds were heavily in favor of the Brexit uh, not happening. The odds were very slim. Nobody thought that people would actually vote to leave, but it happened. People voted to leave. I mean, not by a huge margin, but large enough, 52%, 48%. A lot of people say, oh, shit, this is a coming sign. This could be Trump. Like, this is like Trump. Like, people are like, all the polls are saying there's no way Trump will win. There's no way Trump will win. But little do they know the secret, secret hearts of a lot of people. White people, 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not fair to say just white people would vote for Trump because my dad is definitely voting for Trump. I'm pretty sure if my dad's going to vote, I don't even know if my dad votes. But if he would, I think he would vote for Trump. I think he would. I think he, I don't know. I don't know. Um, cause my dad's like a Reagan Republican. You know, I think he responds to that kind of tough Republican shit. You know, that tough, tough 80s Republican. Yeah, who gives a fuck? We're going to bomb him. Yeah. I mean, he's not like that, but he respects. I mean, he's also Korean. I mean, he's not, you know, he grew up in a war-torn countries. You know, he's not going to respect soft shoeing he likes. He respects strength and power. He thinks we should project our military might and uh, whatever. He's a Reagan Republican. So that's... <sighs> so it's not just white people, okay? But there, you have to admit that there is a right-wing nationalist white power tinge to the uh, whole uh, Remain camp. I mean, most of us in America aren't that familiar with the Remain stuff, but there, you know, a lot of it is fueled by the xenophobia of refugees, by the refugee crisis, right? Refugees coming from the Middle East. Oh, let me get this straight. Refugees coming from the Middle East? Really? That You mean the area that the European powers carved up after defeating the Ottoman Empire, who they had just attacked. They just attacked the Ottoman Empire because they were like, dude, these, we're, out, we're fighting. This fucker's weak. Fuck it. Let's take it. Because they knew that the Middle East was rich in oil. Of course they knew. That's why Sykes Pico happened. Sykes Pico is the um, Sykes. Sounds like you see, it's an English dude and a French dude signing a little treaty, creating little lines all across the Middle East, creating little countries that they could put little dictators in and control. I don't know. Why I keep saying little. It's not little. It's huge. It's uh, uh, you know, including Iran, right? The Anglo-Iranian petroleum company, which became. Um, British Petroleum, which we now know as BP, which was the motherfucker uh, behind the Deepwater Horizon disaster. Not like BP is a guy who's behind, but that was their rig. That was their fucking, you know, their guy, their CEO who came out and told everybody how hard it was on him <laughs> that this was happening. <laughs> and all these people died and they're polluting the entire Gulf of Mexico. It was hard on him. BP, okay? Straight out of colonialism. That all comes out of colonialism. All this shit is post-colonial, man. All this shit, the Middle East, period. And everything up until the Brexit, this shit that's going on right now, it's all post-colonial. It's all about the fallout of hundreds of years of foreign policy where you went and dicked around other people's countries, conquered them, set up public governments, fucked with them, kept them downtrodden, kept them poor. Now they're angry as fuck. They fight each other. It's total chaos, and normal people, just people, people, not even soldiers, whatever, people. People are just flooding through the borders, coming in into Europe, and then the Europeans view them as this horde, this this horde that's coming to take our, take our, you know, it's very common. Europe is a very tribal place, so I'm sure it's not that hard to stoke a little xenophobia. I mean, French and German people hate each other, for God's sakes. You think that it'll be hard for them to hate brown people running in from the south? You know, it's... You know, it's, and it's similar to what Trump's doing here with Mexicans. You know, it's Muslims. It's either Muslims or Mexicans or anybody. Anybody's, anybody who you can, to them. That's how you unite, you know, people. That's how you get them riled up. You use them. You tell them an enemy is coming. Get everybody riled up. That's a, it's a classic Nazi plan. Nazis, you know, I think it was 
Herbert Goring, or I don't know how to say their names, but the, one of the famous Nazi guy, he was basically like, this is how you get a country prepped for war. You just tell him that there's an external enemy, right? And that he's infiltrated your society and you got to root him out. And then everybody will get behind that. You just pick who that is. You know, you can pick the Jews, pick the blacks, pick the Browns, pick whoever, right? Just don't pick the white guys. They don't like that. Um, yeah. So there you have it. Brexit. So you have the Brexit, right? You have a um, sort of right-wing dominated political philosophy that says Britain should extricate itself from the EU. That way it doesn't have to um, contribute to the European Union's economic problems and it doesn't have to contribute to the refugee crisis because it's easy for Britain. They're an island. You know, they're an island. You just stop people from coming over, stop them over there, stop that. Meanwhile, inside Britain, right, you have tons of people of color who live there as a consequence of the colonialism of the past few hundred years. You know, people have moved. There's tons of people of color in Britain. Like, they're not black. They're not just black and brown, whatever that's from out there. I mean, England literally conquered the world, so all those people have come to live there. Now, part of the fear amongst the people who are there, who are not necessarily, um, hmm, I'm going to go so far to say as uh, most of them are not that well off, you know, because the right wing does a great job of um, capturing the xenophobia of the poor laborers, right? Saying that these other people are going to come take their labor. Other people are coming. There's like a threat, the threat, right? And you rile them up, get them to vote against their interests. You know, because tons of Brit- British people now are saying, oh, we had no idea it would have these dire economic consequences. <laughs> like the next day, the pound fell 6%. They're like, oh, we didn't know. Can we do it again? Can we have a do-over? There's no do-over. There's no do-over. Now, the thing about England is they're not really a, a real democracy. You know, they have a monarchy, they have a parliamentary thing going on. It's not real. It's not, you know, they don't even have free speech. They really don't. They don't have, they don't have it because they're smart. They, they were there for thousands of years. They know you can't just let them say whatever they want without consequences. You got to put a little fear into people in the press. You know, there's no freedom of press either. You can't uh, make fun of the royal family and show images and stuff. There's like rules. You can't, you can't do that. It's not free. All right. So they didn't get it. They didn't get it. And I think it's kind of understandable. It's understandable for a bunch of people who've been ruled by a monarchy to be ruled by uh, the sense that, you know, they're not free, that they're subjects, um, that there's true class, real classes, you know, division amongst people. There's a working class and a nobility, you know, I get it. They didn't get, they didn't understand how the vote would change things. But here in America, the vote can change things, man. Vote can change things. We voted in prohibition. Uh, we made alcohol illegal. That happened. Then we said, ah, let's make it unillegal. Let's make it legal again. <laughs> and we did that too. We voted women uh, into suffrage. We freed slaves. We did all that stuff through voting, through the Constitution. We have a mechanism for it. So for us, it's absolutely crucial that we don't fuck around and understand that it's not a game. We are at a precipice here. Um, unfortunately, we're only given two choices. I heard it on Reddit. They said, um, well, I don't even know what they said because I don't remember. Oh, they said, don't make me pick Umbridge because you're afraid of Voldemort, right? Don't make me pick the lady, the lady. I guess the implication is that she's this sort of ice queen, middle-aged lady who is a real fascist kind of lady and uh, and then, you know, pure evil himself. That's obviously blown out of proportion, I don't believe either Trump or Clinton are evil. I don't believe either of them are good. I think they're just people 
doing what they're doing. They're uh, opportunistic. They're politically minded. They have the egos large enough to believe that they should be president. You know, fine, fine. Uh, I don't see an end to the things I care about, like that. those things being the war on drugs, the war on terror. Um, I don't see much um, progress in the way of the prison industrial complex, uh, in money and politics, in a lot of stuff. So for me, it's like, I don't really, I guess I won't pick Trump because he's riling up the racist. But on one hand, but on the other hand, maybe it's good. Maybe he riles up the racists and then uh, there's a huge opposition to them, you know, like culturally, like the entire culture bans Because I think if we pick Hillary, then it's like, you know, the dominant culture is like, yeah, we're inclusive. right? And then you have this growing extreme right wing that's getting more and more violent. That's getting more and more, you know, and maybe they feel... I feel like the more downtrodden you feel, the more you feel like you're not part of the status quo, the more resistance you have, you know, more, you know, the stress. So you just, you make them feel like, okay, you guys win, you guys win, you get your guy in there, right? Make them feel that. And then meanwhile, comedy gets better, art gets better. You know, everybody sort of to the left of those guys, you know, they fucking, they feel like they're downtrodden and then they come up stronger, like the, during the Reagan years, right? How great was art during the Reagan years? I guess during Clinton's time, it's pretty good too. I mean, I guess art... Mostly it was pretty good. It kind of started fucking up. What am I talking about? Art. It's okay. I just loved everything everybody ever makes into one word and said it was okay until 2000s. But I, I'm just talking about like, I don't know. Look, during the Bush years, you know what? Daily Show, amazing, right? How great was comedy during that time because the right was in power? You know, like, I think when the man, whoever the man is, is like square, super square, or even fuck i've even even more square than that a swastika <laughs> I don't know. that's when the resistance the art is amazing right the counter i think everything's push and pull everything is a counterbalance everything it's like lifting weights you gotta add resistance right you gotta add resistance to get progressively larger it's like growing plants you, you know if you grow a crop of an indoor plant that may or may not be cannabis but it could also be tomatoes like if if the if you don't brush up against the plant if you don't have a fan blowing on it so that little micro tears happen in its um, cellular structure you know along its stem and leaves or whatever it it's weak it's a weak plant it'll just kill over and die it needs cherries cherries need a good freeze over winter so that they come back even stronger if winter is not cold enough they don't have the resistance uh, they don't have it's like it's the it's like cold shock therapy the the genes don't express themselves to create adequate cherries and then you get some bland ass bitch ass cherries i don't know why i had to <laughs> swear there but that's you just i'm just talking about human veal you know what i mean like uh, people are soft people get soft <sighs> i think we need to harden up we need to harden up I don't know how that's going to happen because there's a lot of big stuff going on. There's like, I mean, how are we going to like fix uh, the world? Climate change? Can we fix that? Can we fix anything? Is anything fixable? Do we just wait for the asteroid to hit us or the caldera to blow or the earthquake to, to fucking kill us all? Do we just, is it just fucking fuck it? Fuck it. Let's just consume and eat and shit our way to the grave or until the earth smacks us or whatever. Solar flare. Who gives a fuck? Chaos chaos rain so why try to do anything about it i don't know well i do know because fucking it sucks it sucks i think for the simple fact that it's way better when things are orderly when things are um progressing 
toward, even if it's a made up construct that we just arbitrarily created in order to create meaning in our actually meaningless lives, it's still something, okay? It's still something, it's better to have something than nothing. Better to believe in a lie than believe in nothing. That's what I think. Even nothing can be something, right? <sighs> now I'm just, this is my college debt talking. This is what happens when you owe a lot of money in college debt and grad school debt you feel justified in saying all kinds of nonsense and you sound smart doing it because you paid a lot of money that's i just want you to know that's all right today i hope uh you didn't go to college because it was a waste of money it was a waste of money not a waste of time but a waste of money too much money they could have lowered it a little i think i could think it could have been cheaper it's i don't think for the value it's also unquantifiable. How can you quantify that experience? All right, now I've gone off track. I'm just talking about the Brexit. I'm just talking about how that's going on. You know, the right wing is sort of taking over all across Europe, right wing parties, right? A lot of right wing nationalist parties. Uh, usually that usually means that uh, we don't like people who aren't like us. Uh, usually that's a, it's kind of a tribal, usually seems to be like a tribal thing. And uh, Trump is definitely um, stoking that. Thing in America, make America great again, again. That whole a great again, you know, the whole uh, no coincidence that a lot of white power movements are behind him, you know, no coincidence that he's um, alienating Mexicans and Muslims. Did he do some math that said like, oh, I can, or is he gonna try to get the Mexicans back? Like, why, why would you do that? You know, the Latino vote. I mean, half this country was Mexico. <laughs> it just seems like a dumb strategy. I don't know. I think he gambled. You know what? The thing is, dude's from New York. He doesn't quite, I don't think he understands the West as much. Guy's from New York. I, having, having lived here, you know, for like 12 years or whatever, I can see how to him Mexicans are just like, it's just another group of people, you know, because uh, New York is tribal too, kind of like Europe. It's like old world tribe So he just thinks they're another group of He doesn't understand that the whole political ramifications of that is that is that Mexicans are actually in America. I mean, they're Americans now because... Because you, the U.S. fucking annexed Texas and then fought a war with Mexico and then signed the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo and uh, now they own what was Mexico. They own it. They told the Mexicans you could have dual citizenship. They told that was part of it. They were like, hey, you guys can totally have a vote. You guys can totally have a vote. This is also um, 1850. 1850? So then in 1850, Congress was like, hey, y'all, uh, we just said that the Mexicans could vote. Is that... We, but they're like not white. I mean, they're not white. They're not white. They're. Are we gonna be able to do that? Are we gonna be able to do that? And then they were like, no, no, no. In fact, here, let's uh, let's change the law. We're gonna change the law so that um, only white Mexicans can vote. You can get behind that, right? You can get behind that. Thankfully, Mexico was also racist, and they had like a white upper strata class, right? The Spaniard, the people, people who are the Californios, and. Uh, uh yeah in california they were called californios and then there was like the mestizos and then the indians right that's what's that was like the racial hierarchy that they established in old uh, new spain and um so there were white mexicans they owned the the land or whatever they were the land holders and the people with the lineages that go back to spain and you know all that stuff and um and so they're cool okay fine oh, no, that's fine for us that means the poor ones can't vote and we can that's totally cool Meanwhile, in California, there's a specific rule during this time, right after the gold rush, that stated that a non-white person could not testify against a white person in court. 
Eh, just a little, just a little, just a little protection, you know, just a little protection. So, uh, yeah. So then, what would happen is that a white person uh, could contest the claim of land that a Mexican had on his land. So a Mexican wealthy land baron, say he owned a shitload of land, and a bunch of white dudes came and said, hey, you know, we're going to take a piece of this. And the Mexican was like, dude, you can't do that. That's against the law. And they're like, whatever, man, take us to court. So then they go to court. The Mexican dude was then deemed non-white. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, I know we said he was white for, like, the voting thing and so that, you know, he'd be cool and everything, but... He's not really white, so he can't test. He can't really testify against us in court, according to the Constitution of California. And the judge would be like, "Yeah, he's right. Yeah, it says says right here in the law. It says uh, people versus Hall. People versus Hall was the uh, decision from California Supreme Court uh, that said that a um, Chinese person was um, both black and Indian because the the text of the law was that no black person or Indian can testify against a white man and then there was a case where a chinese person witnessed a murder and he testified against a white man and that shit went went all the way to the supreme court and the supreme court ruled that the china man was both black and indian so there um so that law uh or so that decision basically reinforced a law that said no non-white person can testify against white man after the mexican American War, when Mexican landowners were being contested, they would have no ground to stand on in court because they were no longer white. So, like, they were white to get the treaty passed, and then once it was passed, they're like, ah, you're not white anymore, we're gonna fuck you over and take your land. And you have the West. So that's the West. And I think Trump maybe didn't quite get that, you know? And it's easy, easy, the East Coast is really um, culturally dominant in America. It's, it's, you know, you, I know most of the the rest of the country is like, well, those people from New York, whatever. You really you don't really realize how much media comes out of here and how much actually influences the rest of the country until you're here and you see it and you, you kind of see the effects. You go back and forth. You know, I go to L.A., come back here, and yes, of course, L.A. is Hollywood. L.A. has got you know all that, and then the you know we call assholes who live in the cities on the coast call the states in the middle of flyover states. You know, flyover, um, but there's the culture that's being spread, you know, it's coming from like two sides or whatever, but for the most of the time, for most of the history of the United States, it's come from the East coast. Not only that 60% of the uh, country, I believe lives on the East coast. Like the population is super concentrated on that coast. Makes sense. I mean, that's where everybody was landing for a few hundred years first. So, you know, so it makes sense anyway. I don't know. The right wing, man. Right wing. I just can't get down with that right wing. Just never couldn't get down with Reagan when I was a kid. Can't get down with Trump. Can't get down with any of those fuckers. But and the left is not that much better right now, at least in America. I, I think I'm perhaps I'm too left for the left. I, the left here now seems Reaganish to me. I mean, the one good thing they're doing is they're trying to do shit. Like at least they did the sit-in for the gun thing. They didn't really accomplish anything, but at least you know got it. They tried something. At least they're doing something for God's sakes hopefully weed 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 guns anything just healthcare, something budge on something the left you got you can't be like the right you can't be an alternative to the republic you can't be republican light and that's what you're offering us see the republican 
crazy or Republican light, Republican light or Republican loco. That's what you're offering us. That's just, it's a ter- uh, I want to abstain. I want to abstain. But then my girlfriend would be mad if Donald Trump wins uh, and I don't vote. So I'm going to go ahead and vote. Write in someone, Jill Stein. I don't know. Marijuana. Uh, I don't know. Vote for Clinton. I mean, New York will matter. I won't be in New York when voting time comes, but I think I won't be a California resident by then. I mean, it'll be too late to register to vote in California, so I think I have to absentee ballot it. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. At least I don't have to go anywhere. So there's no real excuse. Just fill out the absentee ballot thing, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe my vote does matter. Maybe there are alternate universes where the entire fate of uh, our society hangs in the balance of the vote that I make, right? Whatever vote I make, it's just a new timeline splits off. And maybe uh, voting or not voting, maybe abstaining is like the worst timeline. I don't know. Or maybe voting for Trump is the best time. What about that? What if I vote for Trump and that actually is the best timeline? And I mean, even if it means President Trump, it actually is the best time. Like, everybody is super successful. Everybody is super happy. All your cancers are cured. Everything is fine. All my debts erased and yours too. Everybody's debts erased. What if that, would you still want a President Trump? I mean, unfortunately, there was a genocide of Mexicans, but besides that, we everything was amazing. <laughs> all right, that's all right. Well, anyway, I don't know. Uh, I thought I was going to say something profound about the Brexit. I think I just babbled on about right wing uh, politics. Uh, I find it ironic that uh, Europe is facing a crisis of people from the Middle East coming uh, into Europe because so much of uh, ancient history, European history, has been going the other way. Like Alexander the Great took Europeans from Greece, you know, through what is now what Asia Minor, like Turkey, whatever, right? Conquered the entire Middle East, went into India, and ended in Afghanistan. And we're still dealing with the same shit. We're still dealing with Afghanistan, the Middle East. We're still dealing with the same shit. Okay? It's like, after this, I really got to blame Alexander. It's his fault. The son of a bitch. It was like, I'm going to take it all. And he tried. And then that, we've been dealing with the consequences ever since. Still. So, thank you for all that, Alexander the Great. So, you know, ironically, it's like all the people from over there, instead of all these Europeans going into the Middle East, now it's all these Middle Easterners coming into the into Europe not under the guise of battle, though. That's the thing about Europe. They're all thinking it's a threat. You know why? Because they're the ones who went over there. They're the ones who went over there with the guns. Of course they think that they're coming back with guns. That's, that's the same thing. I feel like with the America, no wonder you have the this sort of white fright, the fright of the white people. You know, wonder they're, of course they're afraid because we know deep down inside we did the conquering. And when I say we, I'm not including myself with white nationalist parties or scared white people because I'm not white, but I can empathize and understand this whole thing. You know, we know deep down inside that they, uh, they, whoever they are, they, there's us and them and they want revenge, you know, because we've done some crazy shit to them. (laughs) So, and everybody's done crazy shit to each other. The wheel turns and turns. Can it stop? I don't know. Will we ever learn? I don't know. Was that a poem? It could have been. Dropping poems. Dropping poems, guys. Do you realize this is free? Do you feel like you've lost time still? <sighs> I hope not, because I appreciate your time. I'm trying to keep it short, trying not to babble on too lo- I haven't earned it, I don't feel, but here I am, Rojan Kim Cast. Thank you very much for listening. Come follow me on Twitter, at Rojan Kim.
that's easy. Uh, come follow me on Instagram, also at Rojan Kim. I'm doing a uh, hundred joke a day, a hundred jokes a day right now. I'm on day, oh, I don't know, sixty something, sixty. I think it's July twenty sixth is the last one, and I'll probably stop because it is exhausting. Past the hump though, past the middle. If anything, what I'll get out of it is a fucking set of one-liners. That's for sure. Um, so check me out on Instagram. If you want to check out some of my jokes, my daily jokes, uh, come to rojankim.com. You can find the podcast there. Subscribe to me on iTunes, but you could also find it on rojankim.com under the podcast link. Go to my blog. I've been updating my blog like once a week. I write stupid shit similar to this, I guess. I don't know if it's similar, honestly. You could tell me. I don't know how. You could email me. Sure, rojan.kim at gmail.com. Do that. Read my blog. Come on. I, just, I don't know. Call to action. That's what this is. There's a real call to action here. It's that um, we got to fucking stand up, man. We got to straighten up beside, be, before the white, right wing. Oh, God. That was very eloquent. Look. It's a crazy time right now. A lot of fear. A lot of speculation. People are uncertain. Could be war. I mean, last time Europe went right wing, it didn't look too good. Fucking Europe, man. I don't know. They just... We're dealing with all, it's all their shit. We're still dealing with, it's all bullshit. It's them. So, I don't know. America. <laughs> the great thing about America is that we have freedoms and we can do whatever the fuck we want. We vote for whoever the fuck we want. Anybody who can fucking be president. And yeah, even Trump. Even Trump. That's fine. But the best thing is change is good. Change is constant. And we can't be bitches about it, Okay. Change is going to happen, the better for worse, and then more change will happen. And you can either be part of it, or you can fucking sit back and eat Doritos. Fucking maybe they'll come for us one day, maybe they won't. Oh, that's a great way to end the podcast, I think. Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening. Come join me next time, whenever, whenever, auto shrunken head. At last, Hahadron Collider in New York City is on August 1st. August 1st. August 1st, yes. First Monday of August, last to Hadron Collider, auto shrunken head. Come on out. I'm gonna try to make it a good one. I'm gonna try to make it a fucking rogues gallery of murderers that I've hung out with. Not necessarily really based on like you know, how well you're doing in a career per se, but really just, you know, fucking people I think are funny, people I think are cool. Anyway, thank you again for listening. Never be the same That's just the way it is